At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think, feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believe them. Children being separated from their parents. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a pop-up episode of Public Access America. That was a hell of a lot of peas <laughs> to begin the show. <laughs> I'm here with uh, my co-host from Inspirations Beyond Disabilities, Jay. You can find him, the Baritone Blurred, on TikTok and Instagram, Baritone Blurred on Twitter. And I'm not quite sure what you are on YouTube. But if you go to Inspirations Beyond Disabilities page on the bottom, you can find all of the hosts and connect with them there. Hey, thank you for having me, Jason. Oh, no problem. I'm so excited. We On Inspirations Beyond Disabilities, we tend to have long-form conversations that bring about compassion, understanding, and empathy. And you, you and Dave and all of the cast really open up honestly and about about everything from disability to just being a human and i think that is really cool are you are you surprised that it's come together the way it has uh yes and no um for this is kind of the right time right place right people mainly because we got an opportunity first off like you know we have that that our personal conversations Mm -hmm. um off this show and i think that's where kind of the chemistry built where you get to learn a little bit about each other. So that way, when you're on the air, it's kind of like you're just continuing the chat um, that you were already having before the show. And I think that that's really good. Secondly, because of the space we're in, um, all of us are members of Blind Talk, and we're all sharing in some form or another, to some extent or another, our personal lives. So it's just kind of becomes easy to kind of like you already kind of know the person before you got into the chat. And now you're in the chat and you get to know the person even more so that when you go live, it's already like you're you're not live with co-hosts, you're live with friends. So that right. makes the conversation a bit easier. Right. I don't know if people, general people would know, but like TikTok has like subcategories and there's a, a like there's a group of creators that are visually impaired. They call VIPs, um, yeah. blind talk. I call it being blind 2021. We all have our little hashtags and stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. And, it's 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 interesting the way TikTok shares people with you. If you if you like a certain kind of creator, it'll show you more and more mm-hmm. and more. And honestly, Jay, like I see the same questions answered by the same ten people every four videos. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so for me, it was more like there's a story there, and they're just on the tip of it. But yeah. we got to get it opened up because yeah. I've been trying to explain on the show every once in a while, like we're the first generation to be able to stand up and talk about disabilities the way we are right. in a way that our generations before haven't. And you really grasped onto that, which is really exciting to me. So I wanted everybody to open up with these same dumbass questions. Like you have this thing, stupid, stupid things people say to blind people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, wow, if we just get a few of those every episode, people are going to listen like crazy, but it became more than that. Like, I didn't expect it to be as open and honest as it is, you know? I I think that's the only way, because let's face it, um, not taking a knock at anybody, um, but I've heard other uh, blind podcasts or even other disabled podcasts where Mm -hmm. all they do is scratch the surface. They're very cagey about their situations. They're very, and Mm -hmm. I understand the internet can be a scary place, but to be honest, if you want to actually make change or actually bring people in, you have to be able to have a very honest conversation. And if the hosts aren't willing to be transparent to an extent, like I'm not saying you have to go out there and put your social security number out there at the yeah. very first episode, but like you, if you don't, if you don't become at least to a degree transparent, 
then after a while, no one's going to want to listen to vague conversations or vague situations. Like I, in my videos, I add my wife and I add my kids because I want people to see not just like, hey, here's my family here. See, we can get married, but like, no, we can function. And here's the proof. We can right. we can do these things. Here's the proof. If you talk about things with mental health, hey, let's talk about the things, not just like in broad scopes, like, hey, mental health is an issue. We need to talk about it. But mm -hmm. like, hey, here's what I dealt with personally with mental health. Like, these are the challenges I've faced. And when people, I get a lot of people, um, I put in the, in the chat once, um, I started getting to a video, uh, one of the episodes I clipped out uh, a scene or two. And people were like, oh my God, I've never related to this so much. Like, I didn't think anybody else talked about this. If you live in a world where you're the only visually impaired person mm -hmm. and you don't know anybody else and you don't have an opportunity to interact with other people, then this is kind of the, the, the beacon shot up. Like, hey, you're not alone. We're over here. You can yeah. find us over here, you know? Right. So I, I, think it's, I think it's beneficial. I think it's really, really good. What's amazing to me is coming out, coming out tomorrow. Wait, coming out podcast schedules coming out tomorrow. We have an episode, a pop-up episode that Ezra can, and you did with Marie yeah. Zucknone. Yeah. And right in the middle of that, I realized like you and I are the older generation mentors that we she are. said she looked up to. And here Which we are scary. talking to her. <laughs> and what she does is she goes ahead and talks to younger blind people than her. Yeah. Like yeah. she's in her early twenties. Azric is in her, his early twenties. And it's almost like this daisy chain of, and I want to be more cautious of, of my language on the show mm -hmm. because we're passing something down. And not only that, I think younger people are looking up yeah. to hear the conversation and I can't wait to find out how they twist it. Yeah. How, how somebody younger than us twists it and says, those old people, they don't know what they're talking about. They're so outdated. I can't wait till we're outdated Jay. And there's yeah. a new generation. And there's a new generation mentors. talking. Yeah. 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 They're going to yeah. be a more bolder generation than we are. So this yeah. is like, this is kind of, so the generation before us, though, those that were dealing with this in silence had to at least, you know, crawl mm -hmm. so that we could, uh, so that we could kind of walk so that the next generation after us could run. So right. I can't wait to see them run and see what they do with it because they're going to be more outspoken than we are. And I'm hoping they even take it steps further than we do because so. right now we're having the conversation, but the conversation has to turn into action at mm -hmm. some point or another. And that's what I'm looking yeah. forward to. That my issue is, is that like there's 49 million disabled people in America, but it's a scattershot of disabilities. Yeah. I mean, there's 45 million African-American people in the country, but that's not scattershot, you know, right. it's men and women and children, right. but it's, they're basically able to coalesce. Right. It's, it's hard for disabled people to coalesce, I think, without wanting it. There's so much to want. You right. know, there's so many, there's so many things from an outside perspective. It looks like 49 million people want 49 million things. That's not what it is. We just want to be equal. And those things are easy to do on a case by case basis by the people involved in the situation. Right. I don't need Joe Biden to build me a ramp. What I need is the building owner to maybe consider painting blocks yellow so i don't trip over them right <laughs> that 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 completely makes sense the, yeah. the the hard the hard thing is is that it's from from what i'm starting to see it's cheaper to ignore us mm -hmm. and i think that's what it's become it's become a thing now where it's just like it costs us too much money to meet um i mean we talked about this a few episodes to meet a reasonable accommodation right. um therefore i will ignore you until I am forced to actually make some type of change. Yeah. I think there's the stereotype that we get everything for free. So if they're to give us something, the polls would, would say that's a negative, yeah. you know, yeah. like all the other Americans seem to think that we have it on easy street. Yeah. And if, if Joe Biden was to like, give us extra money in our, in our checks, they would hate that, but they're well, all if, getting it and we're not. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, if, if, if what, the uh the video you shared with me the other day the uh the uh yes the um student loan forgiveness mm -hmm. um if that's true for disabled they're going to it is going to be um it is going to be screaming bloody murder in the streets for a while because yeah. that's going to be like oh well you guys got it further easy no what it means is that 
for my $92,000 that I owe and for the uh, less than $1,000 I get a month, it just means that I can actually live and actually afford to do something with my credit instead of having to spend the majority of that on paying off a student loan for a job I can't get because no one is willing to hire me. Like that's, that's, that's what that means. But people don't see it that way because again, the narrative that's put out there about us is it's, who was it? I cannot remember who said it, but they basically said that the, the, the way to prevent people from actually seeing the real change is instead of fixing the problem, pointing out someone to blame. Right. Mm, And for a lot of situations, we are the ones that you can blame. Social Mm -hmm. security is the reason why you don't have enough money in your check at the end of the week, because you have to pay for Joe Lazy, who's sitting at home watching the prices. Right. Because he doesn't want to get a job. Right. That's the way it's explained to a lot of people. Right. Right. Right? Social security needs to end. Social security is the biggest problem in America. Uh, These old people should be living with their families. These disabled people should be living with their families. Right. So it's not, hey, let's fix the issue. Let's it's let's turn the blame on somebody else. So this right. is just going to be a continuation of that narrative. So unfortunately, unfortunately, until somebody can actually point out the hypocrisy in all this, it's still going to be the, the continued blame game. Well, let's point it out. You want your student loans forgive given, which means that you are attending school to have a better lot in life, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you're, you're trying to crawl out of the same mud that everybody else is. It's exactly. Just, you can't see where you're going, but you're in your final year of college. You're, you're starting an internship. Yep. You're, you're on that path and people. So how do people say you're Joe lazy when you just spent what four years learning to get a degree, to get a real job that you're comfortable in, you know, because they'll call it, they'll still call it Joe lazy because again, that when, when the narrative comes up, when you, when the narrative comes up about disabled people, like I'm on disability, mm-hmm. but I'm on disability, I'm taking it that I'm taking my disadvantage, parlaying it as an advantage so that I can focus on school because graduating with a degree with a, a 2.0 GPA is totally different as graduating with a 3.8, 3.9. Right. So with that, with that advantage, I can actually go out and actually get a better job. But what people will still see is you're still on disability. Mm-hmm. You still are taking advantage of the system. You still are, um, um, in so many negative terms, uh, you you still are gaining the system. And I'm like, no, I'm legitimately disabled. I'm legitimately like my I'm on disability because my eye doctor, my optometrist, my ophthalmologist at the time told me you need to stop doing what you're doing now. Mm. You need to stop. Like, go sit down. If you want to get back into work, you can. But you need to figure out what else you can do besides this, because before this, I was working call centers. So I was looking at screens for eight, nine hours a day, getting eye fatigue, like burning my eyes out. And now I'm trying to work a job where I don't or I barely have to look at a screen at all. I'm doing just looking at people the entire day. So people don't understand that. It's just it's easier to blame, to criticize, to hate than to actually learn, listen and actually fight together for change. That's right. That's right. You are looking to get off of the system. Absolutely. I don't know if there's a. I don't know if there's a real way to gain this system. We're not allowed to have a savings account. No, I don't know how you manage to stay on disability and go to school because most people would get kicked off for that. If you get married, you could lose your Medicare. There's all of these things to where, and there is so So, many stories about social security requesting money back from people. Oh no, I know they've tried. They they've done that before to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a resident advisor. So I've had SS my entire life. Um, I went to school. Um, I stayed on campus and I had an RA position, which uh, you were given a stipend once a semester. So you were given 800 bucks for four months worth of like being an RA, which to us was terrible because the things we had to do as an RA, you were basically an entire floor's parent. Um, right. And at my school, you were literally an entire floor's parent. For so 50 we, bucks a week. 50 bucks a week would have been nice. The, the breakdown is, I think, $1.74. Um, no, 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 no. 68 cents an hour was the breakdown. Wow. Like basically it's the breakdown of 68 cents. And social security hit me with the, we heard you had a job. Therefore <laughs> we're taking. And I was like, yo, I made $864 a month while be now uh, uh, every four months, a semester right. while, while being in school, they were like, that's not a job. I'm like, no, no, it's no. not. But social security doesn't really care if it's, if it's a dollar more than 
if it's a dollar more than they think you should get, which is pretty much mm-hmm. the benefit they give you, they they will do all they can to try to snatch it from you. Um, but that's 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 because I, and you're right with the with the um, you can't have a savings account. You can't have um, your spouse can't work or automatically that's gone. The only income we have in our family is is that, which is why we live where we live right now. Like that's the only income we have. So right. um, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of hardships. It's a lot of doing without so mm-hmm. that you can do. I say I always tell my wife, and this is how we we just think about it now. You do what you have to do now, so you can do what you want to do later. Yeah. So that's what we're doing right now. We're doing what we have to do, and we know we're in the last nine months of doing what we have to do after years of you know, doing that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fine. It's fine. Not everybody can do that. And I understand that. And I wish that was widely communicated, but again, the narrative of us being on easy street, the narrative of us getting everything handed to us comes from people who have scammed the system or on TV. That's the narrative of disability. It's someone who doesn't want to work anymore, who hates their job, who will fake a back injury, fake a neck injury, fake a car accident, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen, you've seen the show. The guy comes in with the crutches, the crutches and the neck brace, and all of a sudden he needs disability. The second you turn his back, he's taking the neck brace off, he's dancing or whatever. And right. that's, that's what people believe disability is. So so long as that's all they see, that's all they'll know because no one reads, they just watch. Yeah, they just assume. Um, I think on a previous episode, I called it a tradition of ignorance. Yes. People are taught to be ignorant about things so that they can eliminate them as a thought in their mind and yes. go on to other things. They don't yes. want to think about us, you know? So their automatic response is, oh yeah, they gain the system. What yeah. about wealth people on welfare? Oh yeah, they're, they're, just they're gaining the system. The system. Yeah. They don't see the fact that we're working towards something, but it's really hard to do when, if you start a job, I'm going off topic here, but if no, you, if, if you start a job, you don't have security in knowing how to do that job. You don't get extra time to train for that no, job. Like I'm pretty private. You're pretty private. We like to learn things before people see us learning them. So yeah. it, it looks like we know how to do them. That's how we compensate for our visual imperity, you know? Yes. And, but the truth is, is that employer can fire you at any time for not being a fit. So if you start a job, get a paycheck, social security says, ah, you don't need social security anymore. Then you get fired. Then what do you do? You have to reapply all over again. And that's the issue. That's an issue. It's an issue. Yeah, it is. And if employers, we have people on the show that have jobs and they are great at their jobs. They've never missed a day and they still have to worry about losing their job to somebody not as good that can see. Yeah. And I think that's so weird. I think what what's going to happen is more people are going to use the system to, to grow and become entrepreneurs that then go on to hire disabled people, yeah. you know, and that's what I'm hoping that this two years of free college and student loan forgiveness opens this up for people like you and I to become entrepreneurs. And then, I mean, look at this, I'm a podcaster and out of two shows, how many, eight people, and they're all visually impaired. There's yeah. not one person that isn't visually impaired in, in this network. So I think, I think it's just kind of cool. I don't know how to change the perspectives on it that other people have to do it. And what I'm hoping is that these combined shows just tell people to stop just stop having an opinion. You don't need to have an opinion on my life. Maybe if you sat there and followed me around for a year and put on my shoes, you might have an opinion, but I'm not it's like, easier to, it's easier to judge than it is to learn. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what it's basically become. Like our, our whole culture has become, instead of learning about an issue, mm-hmm. I, I take my opinion, that opinion becomes fact. Therefore I don't have to learn about it because I'm right. Right. As long as I don't tell anybody my opinion, they they won't disagree with it. I mean, not even that. I mean, look at what look at what goes on around the rest of the world like that. I mean, think about other topics that are happening right now in the world. People are telling other people their opinion. They Mm. have no fact behind it. They have no education with it. Right. They haven't bothered to read anything other than headlines. Um, And that's 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 their opinion. And you better validate their opinion or you're wrong, or you're stupid, or you're a snowflake, or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Right. The two things I was going to try and avoid COVID and Afghanistan, everybody on the planet has an opinion, but none of us are military experts or scientists. You know? <laughs> I, I always say, and this is, this is ours, but this is just honest. If you got a D or an F in chemistry, you can't tell me a damn thing about a vaccination. And right. that's, that's, that's the, the, the problem I have with a lot of people is like, you don't understand basic science. And now you want to talk to me about vaccinations. Right. Okay. I think I'm going to leave it up to the people that, you know, did this for a living before the pandemic to kind of let me know what's what's what with the vaccination. Yeah, we were we were really lucky to have Dan Evans, an infectious infectious disease um, scientist to mm-hmm. come on once in a while and explain, you know, what the vaccine is and what it does and yeah. what you should look out for. And if you have what you, you know, and all of that information is right there. Um, it's, it's oil, salt, sugar, and inert COVID spikes. You breathe in more toxins when you walk around. So, um, (laughs) enough about that. I'm kind of curious as what it is to be a father in Philadelphia. You often, you talk about Philadelphia a lot and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, the area you're in, it's not, it, I'm not going to say it's not the unsafest, but you, you know, it worries you from time to time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of curious. I mean, what is your area of Philadelphia like? What are the people missing? You know? So in in my area um, of Philadelphia, the it's it's a relatively poor neighborhood. So there's a lot of when I look at it, I look at it through three lenses mainly. Um, first is um, there's a lot of mental health concerns. Um, I live in a heavily populated African-American community right. that mostly is dealing with the trauma and dealing with things like trauma, anxiety, depression um bipolar stress. disorders several other things se- right. severe stress and just the the constant trauma of being african american or being poor in the united states mm. therefore you see a number of coping mechanisms um which are very dangerous um very uh different ways to try to gain money which are very very ill-advised right and because of that it kind of becomes depending on how involved you get with the neighborhood survival of the fittest and the problem with that is, is that instead of, again, it's, I look at it as a microcosm of if we stop fighting one another and start fighting the issues, yes. like then we could actually turn this neighborhood around, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a matter of convincing people of that. So as a blind and visually impaired individual, if I'm not out uh, running an errand or going to mobility lessons or trying to go to internship or whatever, I usually, me and my family, we stay in the house. We stay to ourselves. We have some friends in the area. My brother lives across the street. But other than that, All like right. we don't really, we don't really do too much out in the neighborhood because the mentality of the neighborhood, it to me is very toxic. And that's in like the original toxic. Like if you, in, if you take this mentality on, you can only go backward from here. Um, it's survival. It's not, it's not growing. It's just maintaining. Yes. It's just maintaining. And, and in some areas it's barely maintaining. Um, that's what people don't realize it's the frog in the water theory like you might be maintaining but if you're maintaining you're constantly losing ground because the world is going forward if you're not right standing still is not really a thing Um, and that's that's the thing that for so long like we 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 see people and you know people will ask us in certain ways like because again you don't really see too many married couples with children in our neighborhoods you see baby mothers um with with their children you see uh maybe fathers with their children but you don't often see husband wife kids like a nuclear family and people always ask like well what did y'all do you know how was how was this like and and things like that and mm-hmm. then it, it's it's kind of like you you talk about like okay well this is this is what we are like this is what we do and for some people like it some people resent us for it um progress any visible progress in this neighborhood is almost seen as uh you're almost an enemy. Like, how dare you move forward? It's the crabs in the barrel thing. Uh, where the yeah, second gentrification you, type. Yes. Yeah. The second you try to, to move forward, people want to pull you backward. Um, but it's just the thing where if you're in this neighborhood, your goal for a lot of, because you we don't live too far from a nicer neighborhood. And that's okay. usually, that's the goal. Um, so it's just like, that's what we, we always call it looking east because that's the direction of the next neighborhood. So it's like, we're always looking east. Like we want out of here. We want to move forward. But um, 
you the the way to do that is to not get caught up in so many things around here because if you get caught up you will you will ultimately lose so um being visually impaired around here is is a bit of a challenge like i i've made a video before where i said i don't use my cane at all um in the complex because one time i did and it almost made my family a target so wow. that was the end of that um you can think i'm crazy when i'm walking you can think i i'm on something when i'm walking i don't care so long as you just know stay away from me and mine that's fine um but it, it's a challenge it's a challenge so it really what do you think some of the issues are we've been discussing like food secure insecurity in urban areas mm-hmm. and starting like 3d garden co-ops and rundown buildings mm-hmm. so is it is it a lack of nutrition is it a lack of education to where young people just don't they're not able to look east they only see their block and their family and they they see hopelessness i mean to me it's a severe lack of education okay um would community centers help like no you know what i mean or is it just straight give them more to learn i think it's it's change who they're learning from and this is just me and my personal opinion oh i love i believe a lot of things in the black culture um teach you that this thing over here is success and really it's just teaching you to be more of a consumer and to Mm -hmm. put yourself further in debt like hip-hop culture which i'm not really a fan of teaches you to be more of a consumer to buy things that this is the sign of wealth this is the sign of status you know buy these sneakers buy this car buy this liquor buy this uh, thing and all it is is things like if you ever noticed in a lot of in a lot of hip-hop Everything you buy, and this is just from taking economics courses and learning from older, older, I always grew up around older people. So I got to see the end of a thing before the beginning of it was advertised to me. Right. right. Um, everything that they teach you to buy, it depreciates in value. Yep. Car, the second you drive it off a lot, depreciates in value. Liquor does appreciate in value, but it all depends on what you buy, right? Like a 40 mm-hmm. ounce is not going to dep- appreciate in value ever in life, right? Right. Uh, sneakers, they may, you know, they'll come back in style. Um, so it'll be worth something until they come back in style, then they're only worth what the sale price is. Um, but it's never like, you know, get an education, um, learn to save money. It's never, you know, learn Mm. to invest. It's never the things that can help pull you out of a situation. It's always things that take you deeper in. And because our community is so consumed with that culture, so much so that anything that's seen outside of that is not considered black. Um, we have to be able to change not only what they're being educated with, but who's educated, because a lot of the times in, in, especially in, in, in black culture, but you can see it throughout all cultures, who's doing the educating sometimes is the problem, right? When you see, when you see certain news being the educator for certain Mm -hmm. things, that's problematic. When you see, uh, people getting their morals and values from certain television shows, that's a problem. Um, when you get your morals and values from a music culture, um, that they teach you how to, um, how to, that this is success when really they're doing the opposite. That's right. a problem. Right. Um, those are things that I feel like in our, in my community that needs to happen because I feel like once you change, um, the narrative of, you know, I can't do this, I will never get an opportunity to do this. No one will ever give me an opportunity to do this. Um, to, I can do this. It may take me longer. I may have to work it harder at it, but I can do this. Then I feel like that will be the, the catalyst for change in my community. Like I'm, I'm black, just like everybody in my community. I'm disabled. Unlike many in my community, I'm poor, just like everybody else in my community, but I'm going for a master's to change my family. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if I can, if I can do this, then I believe anybody can do this. So it sounds like the way to do that is to talk to children that are younger than the ones that are already in that other culture. Right. True. So that sounds like parents need to raise their children with different goals. Like when you were talking, I thought of a line that somebody said, rich people are poor because they put their money into things that grow. Poor people spend their money on things they think rich people will buy. Exactly. So a rich like. I'll buy, I'll spend $500 on stock while somebody else will buy a gold, a diamond 
necklace. Exactly. Gold necklace. Exactly. In the end, I'm going to have three times the money they have because their their necklace is going to depreciate, get stolen, break, and then they're left with nothing. Nothing. If we could teach children at a younger age before they learn societal norms, then maybe we could change the societal norms. I like I agree. that. I agree with that. I think economics ought to be taught in elementary school. Start with right. beginning economics. Teach them. Um, so here's something I've noticed, and I used to talk to my I used to tell my friends about this all the time. There are two different commercials depending on what network you look at. Mm-hmm. On on if you look at like Mori or BET or TV one they do trade in your worthless jewelry for cash. I never see those. On Fox, on, on Reuters Network, it's trade in your worthless cash and buy gold because gold appreciates in value while cash depends on the value of gold. So right. it's like I'm teaching you, I'm teaching two different concepts to two different marketplaces. And the thing that we don't realize is that if you don't learn how to uh, manage, invest, save, grow your money mm-hmm. the right way. Like buying status symbols. Like, yeah, you can buy a, I see it happen every year and, and not saying this is normal, but I see it happen every year. People, when they get a large amount of money, whether it's a stimulus check, whether it's a tax refund, yeah. they'll go out and buy the most flashiest, shiniest mm-hmm. thing. New TV, and then, new car. Right. New, new TV, new car, yeah. new clothes. They are the freshest thing on the block for about three and a half weeks. And then when the money is gone and there's nothing really left to show for it because the clothes become outdated, the shoes Mm -hmm. become outdated, the car gets dented and dinged. Suddenly it's not as new anymore. The jewelry proves to be fake or, you know, it's not worth as much as it used to be or no one cares. Or it gets stolen, lost or or broken. Right. Or you have have... to pawn it because that's the first thing you do when you're losing money. Right. That's that's a lot of what you see. Happen. Ironically, it's what happens when you see with people with cars when they buy a car during tax season. You know, mm-hmm. they buy it, they put a lot of money down, but can't finish paying it off, and then you lose it. Um, unfortunately, that becomes that becomes the norm. So, if we imagine if you've seen a community take, okay, I got fifteen thousand dollars as a tax return, for example, and invest it, and you just keep investing in it on a month to month basis for five years, that money will have multiplied so much, and you've already started yourself into a nice little nest egg in the future. Yeah. But again, we're not really taught that. We're and not how do, really. How do you take the moment to get the break to, to invest that money? Like it seems like with poor people, our money is spent months before we get it. It is like the stimulus check. I always wondered, why are you giving me money to give to my landlord? Why don't my, why doesn't my landlord apply when I say I can't pay? Mm. Why not just give it straight to them? Why are you giving me the money to give to them? Now I can't do anything with that money, but everybody thinks I had it. You know, like everybody's like, you got the money for your rent. I I never touched it. The stimulus check was $600. I never touched that money. Mm -hmm. So Joe Biden saying, or anybody, Donald Trump, whoever saying they gave me $600. It's, it's a misnomer. I never got it. The the people that collect for bills and creditors, they all got the money. You know, See, here's the thing though. I honestly, and this is just, this is my tinfoil hat moment. So I honestly don't believe they gave us that money to pay bills. I believe they gave us that money knowing that we would put it back into corporations and businesses. Yep. Because what a lot of people basically did with their money was they went out and bought things that they couldn't buy before. So now mm-hmm. you've given me $1,400 of free money. Let me go buy. And I, again, speaking to them in my community, I've seen that happen. I've seen people pop up with brand new everything when the right. stimulus check came out. And it's just like, hadn't paid rent. People hadn't paid rent in months. People hadn't mm-hmm. paid rent. Like, you know, that's why so many people, and it, it's sad, but it's true. When when uh, the rental, uh, when the uh, eviction moratorium expires and so many people move out, yep. they had to get out because the money that they were given for rent or even rental assistance, because there are rental assistance programs that will pay your rent, but they give, right. if they can't reach your landlord, they'll give you the money. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people took that money instead of paying their landlords, decided that they were going to continue to spend. We right. have a very consumer driven um, country where buying things is the proof of doing well. Like yeah. if your money's all invisible, say you have one million dollars and you have the majority of it invested in stocks. You may have a house, but it's not a real big like it's not a mansion. Right. Right. You have a car. It's functional. 
that's not seen as wealthy, right? Despite the fact that you have a million dollars, despite the fact that your money is literally growing while you sleep, right? It's not, it's not seen as it's not seen as wealthy, right? But if you flip it on the other, if you put it on its head, and everything that you see is visible, oh, that person is wealthy, even though they have nothing left in their bank account. Mm-hmm. That, that that's considered wealthy, right? That's so funny because that's the poor people like to look rich, and rich people try to look poor for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, Bill. What is it, Bill? Is it Bill Gates? I believe Bill Gates is the one that uh, I think he still gets his hair cut at like supercuts or something like that. <laughs> so like he 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 still gets his hair cut at supercuts. Like he doesn't put a whole lot into his uh, into his financial like right his exterior, but he's still one of the richest people on earth. Yeah. And that's the thing that if you learn, like if you still buy your sneakers at Walmart, not saying that all of his sneakers are bought at Walmart, he has probably nice things, but like, I guarantee you, he's not spending a fortune on those kind of things. Right. When, uh, the other last year, when there was a to- toilet paper shortage, my friend was like, I just went out and spent a hundred dollars on toilet paper. And I was like, Hmm. So I put a hundred dollars into stocks. Yeah. I, I bought Snapchat and GE, I, uh, American steel, you know, and, and now, I mean, I got rid of the GE and now I picked up a Southwest Airlines because COVID is going to end. Mm-hmm. I'm up to $600 in one year, just from $100. Oh, and wow. I could I could invest another $100. You know what I mean? And Can I ask you about that when we get done this pod? Because I've yeah. been wanting to do that for the longest time. It's just, I hear a lot of people talk about it, um, investing, but like, it's always like the YouTuber who seems like he gets a commission if you invest in his his right. thing instead of like actually telling me like this is what you do because honestly my my thought was why not invest in everywhere you shop right so if you right. shop at walmart then you feel good for you know shopping at walmart because you right. know their bottom line improves your bottom line right exactly so, like if i invest in everything i shop in then i don't feel bad for spending my money because i know as they profit as they turn a profit I'm turning a profit. That's right. Believe me, I bought I bought um, Snapchat five shares at um, eight dollars. Mm-hmm. There's they're seventy three dollars right now, and they've been as high as seventy six. Wow. And wow. that was that was because the girl I was dating at the time was sitting in bed next to me, always on Snapchat, mm-hmm. and I was like, I guess I'm gonna get Snapchat because she uses it and so i started using it now i can promote it on the show and be like get snapchat because that increases (laughs) mine you know can you imagine if you had in shares in zoom pre-pandemic right that's my point so that's what investing is is looking at the future and saying like i bought ge knowing that covid would be over planes Mm. would need parts yeah ge makes the engines that is actually very smart right but then ge bought my shares out from under me and wow. so i invested that in southwest airlines going well planes are going to be back in right and people are going to travel all over again. right yeah and they're not going to be using united airlines and american airlines you know they're going to be using frontier they're going to be using southwest so i don't know that's what i did with that but it's mm. just it's looking at the future and looking at your life and saying what do i use and what do most people use you know yeah i don't i I don't invest in cannabis. I think that's stupid, you know, but, or crypto, those are the two things I say, stay away from because they, they go up and then they go back down, but they do it on news stories. Somebody will say, guess what? People are smoking more weed. And then everybody goes on the rise. Right. But that's it. That's the problem. And, and the same with crypto. I, I heard um, Ezra talk about it and my roommate talked about the Dodge coin and I would never invest in something that doesn't, it's like buying a condo. You're buying the air between the walls. You know? I just want to ask really quickly, what is it like to be in a family of interdisabled situations? Um, it's, it's a challenge. Um, so first for, for me and my kids, I don't, Ava, I think is the only one that has absolutely nothing going on to our knowledge so far. Mm. Then again, she's only six months. So to be determined. Right. Right. Um, but for everybody else, it's kind of like learning the accommodations that are needed for each and every person and trying to work that out as a team. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it, it can be, you know, you think about you and your disability first, but then you have to take a step back like, Hey, I'm not the only one struggling in this situation right now. Right. We're all struggling 
in one form or another what works for us so that we can succeed not for what everybody else thinks because if you take like a, a situation where you're in walmart i remember with my oldest she would have meltdowns in walmart because like her her sensory overload with her autism was like okay this is enough mm -hmm. you know, the sounds the sights all of this is enough and she would have a meltdown and my wife's back would be bothering her because she has sciatica and my eyes, I'm trying to see where the heck I'm going. Yeah. And we're all like, you know, this is this is nuts. This is nuts. And we're like, you know, well, you figure it out. No, you figure it out. Right. No, you figure it. And it's just like you try to pull everything to the side and go, hey, it's not us versus it's like it's not you versus me. It's us versus the situation. Right. So let's figure out what we need to do to get through this and get out of here. So yeah. we would it took us a while to actually get there. It was tough at first, but we got there. Like we learned to like, hey. This is what we need to do. We can't be in here alone because of sensory overload for Stella. Mm. Um, I need verbal cues. I, I had to get my cane because at that point I didn't have my cane before. I had to get a cane. If for no other reason at that point it was just, this is an indicator to let people know, like, I'm not trying to bulldoze over an aisle on purpose. Right, like, this right, is just right. what's happening. Right? So that took the pressure off my wife for sight guiding. Um, because when people seen the cane, it was like, oh, this is what's happening with him. And then my wife, she gets like the motorized cart so she can sit down. So we learn to work this as a team so that like, even if it looks like a group of like, what, what happened here? Right, right. It's still, you know, it's us doing this together. We got this. We can get through this and, you know, don't worry about what anybody else thinks. So it's hard at first. And that, that, that learning curve comes with literally everything, mm -hmm. whether it's going to the store, whether it's, um, getting on public transportation with a stroller and my daughter and, and her, her nonverbal cues. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. So it's just learning to work as a team. As an interable family, it's, it's kind of working as a team. That's life. That's marriage. That's everything. How do you, it is, but I, you know, you, you mentioned something that I, I think everybody deals with and you might be able to help. How do you deal with the embarrassment in the moment? Like people are great 99% of the time, but when there's a situation, they seem to fall apart. And yeah. that, that embarrassing moment is the 1% of life that you need to be an adult in. You know? yeah. And how do you, yeah. if you could tell anybody how to just avoid the embarrassment and deal with the situation that might help a lot of people. I mean, you're going, unfortunately, with this challenge, you're going to face embarrassment. Like, it, it's, it's going to happen, whether you want it to or not. Because in an interabled family, somebody's going to have something where, like, my, my wife's back will lock up, for example. Right. And it's just like, she can't move, but the way she's standing looks awkward. And people are like, you know, what did he, like, I've literally had people walk past me with my cane. My wife just bent over kind of in pain. What did he do to her? Right. I didn't do anything. Like, this is just, you know, this is what she's experiencing at the moment. Right. Like, um, or my daughter will just have an outburst and it looks like we're trying to kidnap her. Like right. she doesn't want to cross the street or she just doesn't want to, like when her legs get tired, her first thing is she wants me to pick her up and carry her everywhere. Right. And like when you can't do that downtown with a cane, you know, and you're in the middle of like Broad Street, which is like a five, five lane street. Right. Um, that runs up and down Philly. If you're in the middle of the street and she's having a meltdown in the middle of the street for all of Broad Street to see, um, you know, unfortunately those moments are going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I walk into something or trip down a set of steps, like my wife has to now look as everyone else laughs, like you're going to face those moments. If you're with somebody and you realize it doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks. Right. Like people are going to have opinions on everything. And if you live, if you live and die with everyone else's opinion, you're going to be a miserable person. So long as the person that you're with is, Hey, I've got your back. We're a team. Right. Let's do this together then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Because again, living and dying on people's laughter or people's opinions, they're laughing at you in that moment because they're not having an embarrassing moment at that point. Right. right. The moment they have an embarrassing moment, they want compassion. Just like at the moment that you're having an embarrassing moment, you want compassion. So just realize it's not their moment yet, but they have them just like you do. Mm. It may not look exactly like you yours does, but they have theirs too. Oh, of course they do. I think I think love is a commitment, a love is an illusion of adoring the commitment you have. So I think like in a relationship, it's those times of embarrassment when you know you got the right partner, right? Because you're in it together. They didn't just walk away on you and leave you alone in that situation. They were like, I'm going to stay in the embarrassment and we're going to help fix it together. How do you deal with somebody 
intentionally or unintentionally making fun of your child. Because that would make me want to slaughter a bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I realized that, like, for the most part, whenever my daughter's on camera, whenever my oldest was on camera, I'm holding her or I'm sitting next to her or I'm basically prompting her, right? A lot of what's edited out is her nonverbal cues. Okay. Her, 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 because she's in the middle of the autism, the autism. Story. Okay. So she can, she can say words. She can parrot you. She can parrot back to you. Right. But like, she also has like a humming and a, and a other noise yeah. in the background that people don't necessarily understand. I thought that was adorable uh, though. Cause it's, it's just freedom. It's her version of freedom, right? It is. It is. But a lot of people, because again, education, just like for us, right? The stereotype, the stereotypical blind person is completely helpless or, you know, where's the glasses in the camera mm-hmm. or, you know, the stereotypical autism person on TV is a person with Asperger's syndrome who's high functioning, who's, uh, um, who's, um, savant. So, yeah. If you think Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang, film, right? Um, he wasn't out and outright said that he was autistic, but a lot of his mannerisms and things were those of autism. Right. So that's a lot of times when people see, think autism, that's what they think. They don't think about the other portions of the spectrum where there's the beginning where there's barely any functionability at all mm-hmm. or the middle where my daughter is where there's some functioning right. but there's not a whole lot so um i know that people don't understand that and that's fine if i snap out then i lose a moment to educate and i understand that there are going to be people who are going to make fun because they're trolls that's fine i i do i could obliterate that really quick right but for the people i know like you just don't know and you, you know, like you're curious about it i'll tell you like hey dude, that's my daughter like she just she makes noises, but a lot of times, like that day, I didn't even know she was in the room. But that she means she's happy. Snuck in behind that me. means she's happy. She is. That that's her, yeah. Right. That's one of her happy noises. Right. Okay. So, and whenever she's around me, she does that a lot, which is why I can't usually like I, I've scrapped so many videos because I start filming a video and my daughter just she picks up with her noises. Uh huh. So it, it it is what it is. It, it's it's totally fine. It is. Um, if one thing I one thing that kind of bothers me on TikTok, I and mean, this is just again being honest. When I see people snap out about a genuine question, I understand the troll question. Mm-hmm. I mean, when somebody snaps out on a genuine question, whether they're tired of answering or they've answered it a thousand times, like, look, I know for a fact I've, I've made 600 videos and I know no one's going to scroll back through 600 videos to look for the specific question right. that they asked. Right. Good point. So if, if, if someone genuinely wants to know, because part of education is repetition, think how many times in school someone went over the multiplication tables for, with you before you got it right. think about how many times people go over like that's part of teaching if you want to be on here to educate educating is teaching teaching is repetition, repetition so right. so long as people want to genuinely know i will repeat myself right so with my daughter i've answered that question before because someone has asked before like what is that note i remember it was like my third or fourth video i had my black panther helmet on uh and i was making a joke about um Putting on, cause it was at the beginning of like where they wanted you to put on masks. And I was like, Hey, does this work as an acceptable mask? And I had like my Black Panther, right. like toy helmet on, but my daughter was also humming in the background. Aww. And people were like, you know, what the hell is that? And I was like, that's my daughter. You know, she makes, she makes noises from time to time. And it's, it's totally fine. Right. And I think I've done it a couple other times, but it's fine. Education is repetition. If you're not willing to teach, then you, if you're not willing to repeat yourself, then you're not willing. You're not really willing to teach. Right. You know, so. you know what's fascinating about these two subjects, autism and visual impairments? Literally everyone on the planet is on those two spectrums. You know what I mean? Mm. If you're yeah. if you're not 20, I mean, who said 2020 was perfect vision, right? Yeah. And yeah. That, that's true. So it's it's fascinating to me that nobody takes the their own accountability and says, Well, I I wear glasses. I'm on the spectrum and then therefore have compassion right <laughs> right right and they're so they're so worried about being unique and separating themselves that they don't realize that they're just like us the people they're making fun of the people they're that's dismissing true. you know that's very true and i loved listening to your daughter hum if we weren't like in the middle of a recording i would have just wanted more of that i mean look at ava how fucking lucky are you right now you know I know your I know your wife gives you a hard time, but you have like a great, loyal, dependable wife, right? I do. And you, I do. You have amazing kids. Look at that. And you're one of the luckiest people on the planet. So I mean, 
despite your disability. And I think that's what's amazing is that people don't think we can have a life with disability. And you are a nuclear family that's like, like you said, above the average in your area. And And that's one of the things that I I like about our community. If you, if you have it, show, like, I love the fact, like, I'm pretty sure no one ever thought that a bunch of blind spectrum individuals could be doing a podcast or could even do a podcast. Right. Right. That's why I I want this one to take off so much because me too. when, when you get to a larger audience, when you get in front of a larger audience and show them what we're capable, we've been doing this for a long time. We know how to, you know, we know how to do this thing and we can talk seriously on issues that actually matter, mm-hmm. then you can actually begin to change the narrative in America, in our world about, hey, this is what we can or can't do. TikTok is a nice start, but it's, it's, it's by no means, um, you know, the, the height that we need to be at, right? right. We want to be in front of, like, if we could get this on even like television, that, that would be incredible. But, mm-hmm. um, cause God knows proper representation of this, of, of the blind spectrum needs to be seen on television. So. I agree. I'm, they always talk about disabled, like, I would love to be a newscaster, but I can't mm. read the teleprompter like they do. There's like, so I would like to be, I would like to be in the audio engineering department, you know, like yeah. I think there's stuff, but I want to intern. I can't take a job, lose my stuff right. while I'm learning, but I, I have the luxury of being able to intern for months and learn before I'm right. offered a job. So right. I think there's ways that they can really go about helping us adapt to our surroundings because once a blind person is adapted to their surroundings, they're gold. Like, yeah. right? Like, there's nothing I can't do in my surroundings. In fact, so much so that people say he's not really blind because I'm yeah. not bumping into walls in my own location. But if you That's bring, because I have the location completely memorized. Right. Yeah. But if you bring yeah. me to another house, I'm bumping into everything <laughs> and I can't find the bathroom. I might have just peed in your bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the that's the thing. Well, that's the thing I like about graduate school. Graduate school, that whole interning you, you said for months yeah. before. That's what graduate school does for you. Like you do, like it's not like high school or or college level interning where like you're just shuffling papers or you're doing the job in graduate school interning. I like that. Um, you're just not getting paid for it because they're educating you and they're like they're slowly dipping you into the environment so that you can learn. Um, while you're going. So that way, when you're ready to step into the environment, A, you get to count it as job experience. Yeah. And B, you know, you already are familiar, no matter like if I, if I do it at channel six, channel three, channel 10, I'm familiar with what, you know, what I need to do. Yep. That's right. It's a basic job that you've already had the time to learn it without the stress of possibly losing the only income yes. you have. Yes. Yeah. I like this. I think internships might be the way to go for disabled people especially visually impaired people you know this is it's just a matter it's a matter of getting um a foot because i I made a video about this yesterday it's a matter of getting um corporations and and, and agencies and companies that actually take a chance on you yeah without like discriminating against you with your disabilities like yesterday i talked about the um the ada and the problems with the penalties of the ada yeah um yeah yeah some other smaller corporations like a mom and pop like the eight uh, mom and pop establishment the ada is 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 a, a good term but for like walmart mcdonald's target yeah it's not really a a, um, a real punishment it's more like a slap on the wrist yeah yes i keep sa- i've been saying it since 2016 when the first thing the senate did with trump was gut the ada when it came to developers you know, no more little dinging at every floor, no more necessary ramps, stupid things like that. And so I've been saying, rest- restore it and then improve it. And and then the ADA will be something. But the, my problem is we're all complaining, 49 million people asking for different things. What are we going to ask for when they finally hear us? You know what I mean? That's my, that's my worry. So I'm looking for people that will tell me what they need so I can form some sort of paper that I can send. Because when Joe Biden says, fine, I'll be on your show. I want to be like, cool. <laughs> I know this is, what, this we, is yeah. what we want. This is a concise list of what we need. Right. So, um, like it, it'd be, so from experience, I've realized that there's, if you ask 
500 people, they will give you 500 answers. Right. No one wants to uh, concede, like, hey, can we just prioritize these? What's number one that we can get out of the way? And then when, when number one comes out of the way and they see how successful it is and the positive PR and all those things, uh-huh. we can move to number two, we can move to number three. Problem is getting people to agree to number one because everyone wants to be right. I, I think if you ask people five things they need, I think almost everybody will mention one of those things. Yeah. I think there'll be a combination. I think there's something so simple that all of us can use it, like clean, clear sidewalks, right? Yeah. Like that, that would be helpful. Right. You're you're running into trees. Somebody can't get they can't get on the you know sidewalk because it's chipped. People parking in the crosswalks. All this stuff. We need a clear path. All of us. All disabled people. You know. Or at least I don't know if you've ever heard of. Um, there's this technology um, by a company called WeWalk, and WeWalk is basically an attachment you add to a cane. Wow. That can not only tell you what's in front of you. But it can tell you what's above you. So like if it's low hanging branches, yes. if it's like a car, like, but it's, it's incredibly expensive. It's like $3,500, which everything that's really in, in an improvement is like $3,500 apparently. Yeah. But if you could offer that as a, if you could contract out and offer that free mm. for individuals who need, at least as a start, as a start, right. like I think that would be something that would be a nice, improvement at least to help with navigations or at least require truncated domes on every corner right um so that way we, we can pick that up with our canes or at least uh the white lines that when you cross the street mm-hmm. make sure that that's on every street corner and so that in way every we city can actually cr- in every city that way we're able to cross without issue right like that those are those are things that you could do standardized um, our assistance that would be nice yes and that's something you can actually put. Can't you package that into infrastructure? That would be great. And I wish that's, I wish Joe Biden had talked to disabled people instead of not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because disabled people, when they get in front of people like that, they're like, give me money, 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 money. We'll do with it what we want. No, I, yeah. I want a standardized governmental um, regulation that says the crosswalk in Chicago is going to look like the crosswalk in Philly, you know? Yeah. That would be- is there a committee at all that handles that? I know there's a committee that handles SSI, Social Security Disability, but I don't know if anybody does that. I'm going to have to look into that. That's awesome. The National Committee on Accessibility, because right. I guarantee you that's something you could pitch. Yes. That's positive. And I'm willing, if, if, if we can pitch that together if you want. I love I- it. I think that that would actually be a great idea. Yeah. If it's a national committee on accessibility, that way you can actually, and you have a little bit from each, you get someone from, you get some people from the autism community, yes. you get some from the deaf community, blind community, the, uh, just various communities. And like, this is what we need to improve. Yeah. Uh, a citizen panel of like 20 people that advises. That would be awesome. Yes. I love how we get to solutions on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Public Access America. Please check out Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. It is an awesome show, as you can tell. Jay is a great person. We have Dave. We have Ezric. We have Kai. We have Brittany. We have Shai. And we have guests coming in all the time for having great discussions. So thank you for listening. Don't forget you can find Jay, the Baritone Blurred, on TikTok and Instagram, Baritone Blurred, on Twitter. I say Twitter because you're not on Twitter very much, but you not often. No. You are the TikTok <laughs> daddy. Like people, yeah. people call you TikTok dad, you know, so they have to follow you on TikTok. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Jay. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, I love it. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright tonight, we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and a yielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for nothing. You, you are nobody who's going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. 
Stitcher, Stitcher Smart, Smart Radio, Radio, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.